My message this morning is on the Holy Spirit, and I believe the Holy Spirit accelerates healing. Do you believe that? I believe the Holy Spirit will accelerate healing, and the Holy Spirit's given to us that the Holy Spirit would work in times when we need that Spirit to come and be uh, of an assistance to us. Jesus said, I must go that the Holy Spirit could come, and that's exactly what the Holy Spirit does. He comes and is a very present help. Uh, in times of trouble. So uh, was it hot last week or what? Huh? I was cleaning up my wife's booth. Uh, it took me three days. And on Wednesday, about 4 o'clock, did any of you feel like that little cyclone, that yeah. wind that was like circling around like that? I couldn't figure out, like, what the heck? And it got hotter and hotter, and the wind got heavier and heavier. Uh, and I go home, you know, and I go home, and I have this little area that I can look out my kitchen window. I have these, these beautiful plants that I tenderly take care of all year long. I have a few vines and I have a few flowering plants, a little, a little vegetable thing here and there, you know, and a fruit tree. And I got home on Wednesday and like, like everything was like parched. <laughs> all the soil was cracking, all the, all the leaves were all limping down like this. And I, I went over to the, I got my hose and I turned the water on in, in the hose and I just hosed everything down so wonderfully, you know, and, and, about, and about an hour later, all those plants were starting to rise and the flowers were more beautiful, of course, and the leaves were, were greener. Have you ever noticed how the trees and everything goes upward? Did you know that the trees and the plants, everything, even the sea, everything's poised upward, that the Psalms tell us over and over that these things in creation worship God constantly, that never stops? But I knew, I knew that when I finished watering on Wednesday, that I was going to have to water again. I knew that that water would last a couple of days, and those plants would feel good for a couple of days, and then I was going to have to water again. And then a couple of days after that, I had to go to the gas station because the little needle on my fuel gauge was right down to empty. And I pulled it in the gas station. And I know this sounds kind of silly, but when my little truck is full of gas and I get in my truck and that needle goes all the way up to full, I get stoked. <laughs> I'm happy. My car is happy. I'm so glad. Did you know there's an article that's out that every so often the government publishes that you should always have a half a tank of gas or more in your car in case there was ever an emergency. So, but that doesn't even matter to me. I just like having my gas tank filled, you know. But then yesterday I drove out to here, and in the evening I drove there, you know. And, and I know that I am going to have to put gas back in my car, but my car runs well. I have a Toyota Tacoma. This thing, I, I've had it for... 14 years, it got 70,000 miles on it, and it still runs like it's brand new. And, but I know I'm going to have to keep putting gas in, in that car. So did you know that God has given us his Holy Spirit, but that we're not always filled with the Holy Spirit, that God gives us his Spirit and sometimes we're filled? And how many of you know that sometimes you just run a little dry? Is that right? You run a little dry, and you, you're kind of wondering, like, God, what's, what's, what's happening? Well, you need to turn the hose on. You need to go to the gas station, and, and you need to get filled up again. The Christian life is a life of walking with God and being filled with God, and then 
maybe having a couple of days where you get distracted or whatever, but God gives us this wonderful opportunity that every single day we can come before God and say, Lord, would you fill me with your Holy Spirit? And so what I want to talk to you about today is the Holy Spirit. It is probably my favorite subject on earth. I love the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit met me in numbers of powerful ways from the day I was born again in 1971, all through the Jesus movement, all through the beginning of the vineyard. I had so many experiences with the Holy Spirit that I have just become that, that person that knows, realizes, and yearns for the touch of the Holy Spirit as often as I can receive that touch. So I think it was Friday night before the Sodas closed, which would have been a week ago Friday. I, I was standing in my booth, and somebody came up that I just knew a little bit and wanted to introduce me to her friend. And her friend uh, seemed like a nice lady, and then the lady that introduced her said, you know, she's had a couple of losses. She, she's lost two, two family members in the last six months. And I, and I stood there, looked at this woman, and, and I just watched the Holy Spirit come down on this woman. And I said, you know how much God loves you? And she began to weep. And the Holy Spirit, I could watch the arms of the Holy Spirit embrace this woman. As I began to say to her, God's going to see you through this. And there's a time to be born, and there's a time to die, and there's these seasons that we go through. And I could watch the Holy Spirit fall on her and impart comfort. This is what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit is there for you to impart comfort when you need it. The Holy Spirit is there for you to give you encouragement when you're feeling discouraged. The Holy Spirit is there for you to help you heal when you're needing healing. The Holy Spirit is there for you that when you're in the valley, he sometimes can help you get to the mountaintop. The Holy Spirit is there for you every single moment of every single day. And we're going to see in our passage today in Ephesians that Paul writes to the Ephesians and says, keep being filled with the Holy Spirit. Keep being filled with the Holy Spirit constantly, moment by moment. This, my friends, is the Christian life. We don't live the Christian life entirely based on our own enthusiasm or what we know. There's a big difference between knowing about God and knowing God. There's a big difference between knowing about the Holy Spirit and experiencing the Holy Spirit. You know when the Holy Spirit is present. You know when your heart becomes alive. You know that when you're worshiping here on Sunday morning and a song hits you, and you know the joy that you're filled with as you meet God in a, in a song. We're going to talk about worship a little bit because our passage is about that. You know when the Holy Spirit is speaking through a speaker. You know the difference between just a nice message that someone gives. I can give a nice message, but if the Spirit of God is not on it, it doesn't really reach deep down where your needs are really the deepest. And so the goal of every message that I give, and I know the goal of every message that Jeff gives, is that the Spirit of God would be speaking to you, not just us. But the Spirit of God uses the human vessel. So he uses Jeff's personality when he speaks. And he uses my personality 
when I speak. It's like all the scriptures written. It says God breathed the scripture, but he used the personality, the person writing the scripture. He used Paul's personality. He used Peter's personality. He used John's personality. So I have the joy this morning of probably giving a message that I would rather give more than any other message. And that is that you and I can live a spirit-filled life no matter what the circumstances. Do you believe that? You can live the spirit-filled life. It doesn't matter what is going on in your life, how tough things may be. You can be filled with the Holy Spirit and God will carry you through. There's just one thing that you need to do. In order to receive, you must ask. In order to receive, you must ask. Jesus said, if you ask the Father for the Holy Spirit, he'll give it to you. That's a promise. Jesus promised that if you ask for the Holy Spirit, God will give it to you. So I watched the Holy Spirit fall on this lady at the sawdust on a Friday night, 9 o'clock. Everybody's having a good time around her. It was just her and me. It was like time was frozen. And I just watched God hug this young lady and tell her everything was going to be all right. And, God, and that, this is why when we go through life, we need to be wide open. God, use me. Like you never know when God may bring somebody along that just needs to hear that they're okay, that God loves them, that you will pray for them, anything that will help them through a very, very hard time. This is the delight of the Holy Spirit. And we need to know the Holy Spirit as if the Holy Spirit is our best friend because the Holy Spirit is our best friend. The Holy Spirit is God here on earth. He came on the day of Pentecost and he flooded the earth. He created the church and he's here this very moment in as much power as he was on the day of Pentecost. I've seen the power of God well, not as great as the day of Pentecost, but I've seen many experiences and gone through many experiences where I have witnessed the power of the Holy Spirit like you can't believe. I remember one time I was in London, England. I went there with John Wimber and a few people on a ministry trip. And I remember that I was, uh, after uh, Carl Tuttle had been leading worship and the worship was just like off the charts. And I remember that, uh, that, I could just feel the Holy Spirit in this service like so powerfully. And, and then John said, well, look around for somebody to pray for. And I found this young man sitting over in the corner and I, and I went over and prayed for him and said to him, how can I pray for you? I want to pray for you. I'm here for you. And I introduced myself. I'm Jay Granin from California. And he, he was a, a young worship leader in, in, uh, in London. And he said, I, 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 want, I, want, to, I want to lead worship like David. <laughs> I said, well, I, I can pray, you, pray that for you. He said, I, I want to be like David. I, I, I want to like create songs like David did when he was in the fields of Bethlehem, when he was tending his father's sheep, you know, when he was just a teenager. And, and so I just laid my hands on him, and I felt the power of the Holy Spirit come. Because, you know, the Holy Spirit comes when you give. When you give, the Holy Spirit's not about you. The Holy Spirit's about others. The Holy Spirit wants to bless others through you. I laid my hands on him and I asked God that God would fill him with the spirit of David and that the anointing of David would fall upon him and that the songs and fields of Bethlehem would arise out of his soul 
And this young man suddenly stood up, dropped everything that was in his lap, put his hands straight in the air, and began to sing in Hebrew. He never had said a word of Hebrew. He didn't know a word of Hebrew in his entire life. Just the Spirit of God fell on him. And I'll tell you, the Spirit of God is supernatural. How many of you know the Spirit of God is supernatural? How many of you know that miracles are for today? How many of you know that God wants to do great and mighty things? How many of you know that all kinds of things can happen if you have but faith? Amen. Amen. All right. So I'm not a Pentecostal preacher, you guys. But I... <laughs> but I love Pentecost. I, lo- I, I love... I love Pentecost. Uh, I, I can tell you that. I, I was sharing... We had a little prayer retreat yesterday, and Bruce Unglin was there. I'm just going to talk about stories, if it's okay, before I get to my text. And I remember, I remember uh, Bruce... Uh, his wife had gone with me on a bunch of trips to Thailand. Bruce had always said, no, I, I, I don't want to go. I don't want to go on these trips, you know. And finally, finally, Bruce was persuaded to go. It was the year that Don Robertson died, actually. And, and so he kind of took Don's place. And I remember we were in this little, small room right at the Thai Myanmar border. And a, and a little worship team came in from the local church. It was a young woman named Jasmine and about six, seven of her friends and then we had some of those girls that we were raising in, in the mountains there were there, and they, they began to sing. And Bruce is sitting there against the wall, you know, and, and, I, and, and I'm looking over at Bruce, and I'm just watching the Holy Spirit fall on Bruce. And all of a sudden, the girls are singing, and Bruce is just weeping, tears running out of his eyes. And I don't know if Bruce, I hope it's okay, Bruce, I talk about this. I don't know if Bruce was born again, born again, again, born again, 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 filled with the Holy Spirit, refilled with the Holy Spirit, or what? All I know is that I watched the Holy Spirit just embrace Bruce, and uh, he would tell you his life was changed in that moment. Do you know that the Spirit of God can change your life in one moment? Do you know the Holy Spirit can change you in one moment? Change my life in one moment. I was full on into Eastern religion, and I went up to Calvary Chapel in 1971, and I listened to Chuck Smith preach, and the second time I went up there to hear Chuck Smith preach, I got in my little VW and I was driving down the 405 freeway and the Holy Spirit fell on me and I began to weep so uncontrollably I couldn't even drive. I pulled over. I asked Jesus into my life. I was so filled with the Holy Spirit that I thought I could run home from where I was. This, these are the experiences of the Holy Spirit. God wants you to experience the Holy Spirit. He wants you to know that he's alive. We do not, how many here know we do not want dead religion, right? We don't want to just have nice services. We don't want to just have methods and programs and ideas. We're not, that's not what I'm interested in. What I'm interested in, it's the reality of God showing up. It can be in a very quiet Advent service where we feel the presence of God in quietness. But it also can be in a clap your hands, all you people shout into God with a voice of triumph. It can be like that. It can be like, give him praise, give him worship, lift your hands. All of these things God wants to meet uh, and, and stir in us joy and emotion. So, like I am like so far off what I was going to say to you guys. <laughs> I can tell you, I could talk about this forever. Because, all right, let's, let's look at our text. Nan, you're going to have to jump a few you're going to have to jump a few things. Now, uh, uh, here's our text. Good job, man. So, okay, so like I often in the mornings, when, I, when I'm leading morning prayer, will say, oh, we're going to read Psalm 103, and by gosh, this is like the best psalm ever. So I'm going to say today, we're going to read 
Ephesians 5, verses 15 to 21. And this is about as good as it gets, folks. This is the heartbeat of the last three chapters, at least from my perspective. This is the heartbeat of the last three chapters of uh, Ephesians in which God is telling us this is how you live the Christian life. All right, this is the nuts and bolts of the Christian life. I'm going to read it to you, then we'll talk about uh, what this all means. Therefore, be constantly careful how you walk. Now, the Greek tense here is in the present imperative in all of the, in all of the adverbs here. In other words, it means this is not a one-time one experience. It's something that you need to constantly be doing. So, verse 15 and I use the Amplified Bible, for those of you wondering, why are there some extra words here? I use the Amplified Bible, which I love. The Amplified Bible draws out every possible word out of a Greek or a Hebrew word. And so I try to give you guys, when I write the passage out, give you the fullest possible meaning I can give you. Verse 15, Therefore, be constantly careful how you walk, not as the unwise, but as the wise. Okay, so, Paul introduces this passage with this first verse, be careful. Wouldn't you say the things in your life that are important, you're, you're careful about, right? Like, like, I'm careful about my marriage. You know, I only know that marriage works if I'm working at it. And I love my wife. And every single day I wake up and I go downstairs and I think of things I can do. Now, how can I bless Nikki today? Like I'm, I'm, and, and how can I guard Nikki? And how can I guard my marriage? And, and, and how do I work through the problem of yesterday? So I need to for, ask for forgiveness. And, and, and in my marriage, I'm looking all day long how marriage only works when you put the other person first. That's the only way marriage can possibly work. If you put yourself first, your marriage is going to struggle. But if you put the other person first, and this is what I try to do in my marriage. I, I, my marriage is important, and I guard it, and, it's, and I want to be careful that I look for ways to bless my wife. So these things here are the things that Paul say. Paul is saying that we need to be careful. Of, we need to watch over these things. We need to pay attention. Uh, I do the same thing with the church. I, I feel that way about you. I, I feel a responsibility that I'm there for you, that if you call me, I'll show up, that if you need prayer, I'll pray for you. If you need to come in on Monday night, I'll make a half-hour appointment for you, that, I, that the pastoral responsibility that I feel or that Jeff feels, we take it seriously. And it's important to me that you know that, that the pastoral staff here at this church cares for you and is here for you. And it's the same thing, same thing with my dog. I have this dog that I love, and, 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 and I protect this dog because we have a ton of coyotes that run all over the hills in Laguna. And so I'm always watching the fence, you know, and looking in my backyard to see if there's a coyote back there. Well, I've already lost one dog to a coyote, you guys. I lost our little Pomeranian. He actually survived the attack of the coyote, but then died a, a few days later. So I'm, 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 I, I'm looking, I'm guarding, I'm, I'm, I'm watching what I'm doing on these things. They're important, so there's my dog right there. So I'm keeping that dog alive. Like, I love this dog. I'm keeping this dog alive. And I'm not letting any coyote jump the fence and get my dog. I'm always watching. So be constantly careful how you walk. So like, like 
grab onto this. Grab onto this verse. Be careful how you walk. Be careful how you use your time. Be careful where you go during your day. Be careful what you set your eyes upon. Be careful with the time allotted to you. Be wise. Don't be unwise. And really the word unwise better could be translated foolish. Don't be foolish and waste time. Well, how could we really be foolish? Well, you could really be foolish by living your life as if there is no God. You just live your life for yourself for this brief period of time here on earth and you live as if there is no God. But the wise person, and I said this last time I spoke, the wise person lives for God fully and completely knowing that is the wisest path and pilgrimage to take in life is to live for God and not for yourself. Verse 16, make the best use of your time because the days are evil. <laughs> you think of shootings here and shootings there, and you think of that boat that burned you know, off the shore of Santa Barbara, and you go, are the days evil? Yeah, there's, there's tough stuff happening uh, all over this earth. So you and I uh, need to make the best use of our time. And, and I thought to myself, as I was preparing this message, well, what is the best use of my time. What is the best of your, your time? And I think it's to love others. I think to love others, serve others, bless others, encourage others. Wake up in the morning instead of thinking about you, thinking about others. I said to a, I said to a and this, this man wasn't even a believer. I said to a, a guy at a meeting at the end of the sawdust, we were in this meeting, he had this shirt on. I said, wow. Wow, is that a cool shirt? I love that shirt. And, that, and that's all I said to him. So the next day I go to work, I go down to my booth, and there's that shirt all folded up on my counter with a little note that said, Jay, this is for you. Like, you know, every good gift, Robin said this yesterday, every good gift comes down from God, whether it's a believer or an unbeliever. In fact, I've met some unbelievers that I like better than believers. <laughs> Well, I know a lot of believers I like better than unbelievers too. I don't, I don't really want to like separate that. But, but here this morning, I'm speaking to believers. And if you're an unbeliever here this morning, uh, don't leave as an unbeliever. You need to leave as a believer. This stuff's too good. You, you, you don't want to miss this, what Paul's teaching us here. You don't want to go through life without God. No, you don't. Say, say I don't want to go through life without God. Yeah. No, we don't want to go through life without God. And if, you're not, if, you're, if you've never given your heart to Christ, right now is the time to do it. All you, all you need to do is say yes to Jesus. Jesus, I believe that you came for me, died for me. I, I want to know you. I want to know you. And, and, and don't, leave without, don't leave without saying yes to Jesus. Any of you. So, make the best use of your time because the days are evil. Verse 17, do not be foolish, but understand and fully grasp what the will of God is. Wow, I get this question hundreds of times. Pastor Jay, I'm, I'm trying to find out what the will of God is. Can you, can, can you please tell me? What is, God, what is God after in my life? What is God looking for in my life? You know what the will of God is? Right there on the wall, everybody. 
The will of God is right there for you on the wall. Make the best use of your time. All right? Be careful how you walk. Watch your behavior. Everything Jeff said last week about being imitators of God and walking as children of light, that's what the will of the Lord is. What is the will of the Lord? That we love each other and that we love God. That's the will of the Lord. What is the will of the Lord? You love your wife more than you love yourself. You love your husband more than you love yourself. What is the will of God? That you keep your eyes on, uh, focused on God and off the things of this world. What is the will of God? That you put God first. Everything and every time. No matter how difficult it is for you to sometimes do that. But here comes the meat of the passage. All right? Verse 18. Do not be drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be constantly filled with the Spirit. This is the heartbeat of the message. This is the Christian life. Now, it's, it's interesting, the analogy we have here between uh, being intoxicated with alcohol and being filled with the Holy Spirit. With the one, you are under the control of alcohol. With the other, you are under control of the Holy Spirit. With the one, you are having arguably a good time. <laughs> Drunk with wine. You're having a good... I mean, I, let's face it. I, I, my booth at the Sawdust was right at the saloon area. <laughs> it was... Most of you visited me there, and you noticed that you came to my booth. There were the restaurants. There was the coffee bar. There was the uh, entertainment deck, and there was the saloon. I watched lots of people, very, very happy, late at night, about 9 o'clock. They were all feeling no pain at all. And they were very happy, and they were, and they were, and they were not having a bad time. They were having a good time. Of course, the next day, they maybe weren't going to feel so good. But, and so we have this analogy of being filled with the Holy Spirit. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're happy, and you're glad, and you're having a good time. Next slide, Dan. Okay? What is, what is the, the manifestation of being filled with the Holy Spirit? There are lots of manifestations of being filled with the Holy Spirit, but this is a primary one right here. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, this is a primary expression or manifestation that, in fact, you are filled with the Holy Spirit. You want to sing. You want to speak to one another about the wonders of God. So that, like, we could flush this out for hours right here. This verse 19 and verse 20, we could talk about, we could do a whole teaching on praise. We could do a whole teaching here on worship. We could do a whole teaching here on the body of Christ and what it means to be connected to each other and to worship and give God praise as one. But this is what God is after. If you want to know, if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you are in that place where you love to just sing. You know, when people fall in love, they sing. Did you know that? They hum. They're happy. They sing in the shower. <laughs> that when, when, and, and, and this, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, I mean, you guys, our relationship with God is a romance. It's a romance. God is, God has a burning, passionate love for us. And if you 
are looking for love. You've come to the right place. God pours His love into us if we allow Him. If we say, God, I'll take everything that you have. Hold nothing back. But if you say to God, well, God, I'm not sure that you love me because what happened yesterday, I, I don't think that was very nice. And what happened tomorrow, I'm, I'm, I have to have this meeting and I've got to meet this lawyer, you know, and I don't think that's very good. If all you do is complain against God, you're never going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You've got to trust God. And you've got to ask God to come and fill you. You've got to believe God is for you and not against you. How many of you know that? How many of you know God is for you and not against you? How many can say, God is for me? Say it as loud as you can. God is for me. God is for me. God is not against me. God is for us. This is God's nature. All right? And the enemy is always trying one thing, and that's to discredit God. He's always trying to discredit God. God didn't quite come through for you. Or why is your prayers being so delayed? All of these problems. But one of the sure examples, one of the sure manifestations that you've been filled with the Holy Spirit is that you are speaking, singing to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with all your heart. I always know when I'm around Spirit-filled people, there's a song in their heart. There's the melodies of heaven are coming out. And I always know when someone's filled here on Sunday morning, we just had a worship set, and I can look around and I can see the people that are connecting in. It doesn't matter if you like the song or not. It doesn't matter if you like the words or not. It doesn't matter if you like the way the song's being played or not. What matters is, oh God, I'm going to worship you. And those words that we sing are some of the most amazing words you can ever imagine. Those words that are written down. So what, what does all this mean? Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord. Well, we can speak to one another, of course. We can read to each other and we can just give verses to each other. But really the heartbeat of this is, is singing and making melody in your heart. How, how many of you could say, I've had those times where I've made melody in my heart to God? Isn't it a sweet time you make melody? But, but let, me, let me talk to you here about the... This, this threesome here in verse 19. Singing, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So there's three kinds of songs that are mentioned here. So let's say, just say singing psalms. There's lots, of, there's lots of melodies and songs that over the years in the body of Christ have been what? They've been psalms like, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Psalm 34, verse 1. Or bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Psalm 103, verse 1. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I will sing. Psalm 89, verse 1. Another one, clap your hands, all ye people, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Clap your hands, all ye people, shout unto God with a voice of praise. Hosanna, Hosanna, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Praise him, praise him, shout unto God with a voice of praise. Psalm 48, verse 1. There are hundreds of psalms that you can just learn these things. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God. 
in the mountain of his holiness, Psalm 48, verse 1. We can go on and on. I could sing, I could sing here until 5 o'clock tonight if you'd like me to, but I'm guaranteed that you don't want me to sing that, those songs until then. Yeah, I should make a CD of just the... Uh, thanks, thanks, Walter, I'll make a CD and I, I'll, 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 I'll pay you to buy it. <laughs> Uh, and, then there's, and then there's hymns. Then there's hymns. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Or a mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. Uh, I just, my is mighty God. I love that song. That's a marching song. That's, that song, you sing that song? A mighty fortress is our God. The devil is screaming as he leaves. The devil hates that song. The devil hates a mighty fortress is our God. He flees every time. Holy, 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 merciful and mighty. Another nice hymn. Great is thy faithfulness. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. These are hymns. All right, so I sang to you the psalms. And then the hymns. And then there's spiritual songs. Those are the songs you make up in the shower. Those are the songs that you make up when you're praying in your garage, which is where I go. I go in my garage or, or your back room. You just, maybe you're just reading the scriptures, you know, and you, you come across a verse and you just begin to sing it. Yeah, you just, I, I sing a song. I go, he is Lord, he is king, he is the great I am. Emmanuel, Prince of Peace, the beginning and the end. Give him honor, give him praise, glorify his name. Give him honor, give him praise, magnify his great name. I just make that up in my backyard. I just say, God, give me a, give me a, give me a, uh, give me a song, and I just find words and I just sing them. This is, and, and this is sometimes Mo and sometimes. Chris will extend songs. You know how they extend the song and they just are playing and when we are all starting to sing a bit. It's called singing in the spirit. When if, if I'm out of charismatic Pentecostal circles, that's circles, that's my background. They, in those circles they call it singing in the spirit. When you sing in the spirit, if it's bad, it is so bad that you wish you'd never come to the meeting. <laughs> but when it's good, you're hearing angels singing. You're hearing you're, when you're singing in the spirit with 3000 people, I remember the first two, three years of the vineyard on Sunday nights going down to Cerritos in Anaheim. It was like you were in heaven and you didn't, weren't for sure you were even here on earth. The worship was so intense and so beautiful. So the, this, is what, this is what fills the spirit-filled life. This is songs and melodies and blessing God and giving praise to God and ascribing to God the glory due his name and worshiping God. You know what worship is? Worship is expressing everything in you. Every bit of love in you for God. You just, you're worshiping God. I'm looking at Brina right there, who just had a baby a few weeks ago. And I know she's feeling love for that baby. Like, wow, I never knew such love like I have for this little one. This is, the, this is what we're feeling for God when we're filled with the Spirit. We're feeling like intense love and you can't keep love inside it's got to come out that's what the spirit-filled life is everybody the spirit-filled life is love coming out it is not for you the holy spirit is not for you the holy spirit is for the church the holy spirit is to go through you 
It is for you in the sense that it comes, it gives you spiritual gifts, it will bring anointing, it will bring unction upon your life. But for the most part, the Holy Spirit is to be given to others. When you sense the Holy Spirit's on you, look for ways to give it to somebody else. The more you give to, to others, the more God gives to you. Okay, that's a first principle, Hebrews chapter 4. It's a first principle. The more you give, the more God will give to you. And the more you give to God, the more God gives to you. You worship God, you give to God glory and praise and power and dominion. God doesn't like to be outdone. He doesn't like, you can give him everything you have. And he's going to say, wait a second, Jay, I'm, you're not going to do that to me. I'm going to give you more than you gave me. Because that's just the way God is. So speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with all your heart. This is the great experience of us as a, ooh, good grief. It's 18 minutes after 10. Really got carried away. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'm going to ask Bo to come up to the piano. I want us all to stand, and we're going to close this message with a song. All right? We're going to do what I've been talking about. We are going to sing. We're going to sing a song. Uh, Mo's going to lead us in, and then I'll close this.
You are good, God, today. You are good yesterday. You are always good. We glorify you. We lift you up. We extol and exalt your name. You are the transcendent God. We send to you this morning a fragrant offering. We join with the angels and the host of heaven who day and night never stop worshiping you. And we ask, O oh Lord God, even now at this moment, you would fill us with the Holy Spirit that we could walk out of this place, God, filled with the touch of heaven. And we know, God, maybe on Wednesday or maybe on Friday, we're going to need to ask you again. But right now, for this day, on this Sunday, God, on this day in September, we ask that you would fill us, that we could go, God, with the joy of heaven inside our soul, that we'd have a melody to sing, God. we carry a word in our heart, God. We would love to be around you, and we'd love to be around others because we are so filled with your spirit, God. It is overflowing. Out of our innermost being are flowing rivers of living water. May rivers of living water pour out the doors of this church. May rivers, rivers of living water pour out of our lives all through this coming week. May we be lights shining in a dark place, God. May we be imitators of, of Christ. May you and I and everyone in this room, oh God, be filled, God, with the very best that you have to offer. So we consecrate ourselves to you for this coming week. May this be a week of, of joy and of your Holy Spirit filling us as, as we've never been filled before. Filling us like we've never been filled before. I pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen.